All right. You guys ready? All right. Oops. All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we praise you tonight, God. We glorify your holy name, Father, for who you are, Lord. We thank you, God, because, Lord, you brought us here, Father, for a reason, O King of Glory, today, Lord. Everywhere we came from, Jesus, in different things, O God, you you found a fit, Father, for us to sit under the teaching today, God. And I pray, Father, that our hearts are ready, God, that our minds are ready, O King of Glory, to receive from you, King of Glory, Father. We pray tonight, Jehovah God, that you may transform us, that you may change us, O oh God. That you may do something new in us, O oh King of Glory, God. That, Jehovah God, we may leave this place with a new hope, a, re- a reassurance, Father, of your love, God. But more so, Father, we may get to know, Father, how much you care for us, Lord, and how much you're calling us to you, Jesus. And the work that you put in front of us, O oh King of Glory, to do, God, that you may equip us, O oh King of Glory, that you may give us confidence, you may give us strength, O oh God, that you may take away all the fear in the precious name of Jesus. We pray, mighty King of Glory, God, that you may speak to your people tonight, O oh God. That you may move me out of the way completely, O oh God, and speak, O oh King of Glory, God. Because I have nothing good to give, but Lord, you want to speak to your people, O oh God. I pray, God, that they don't look out to me, Father, to speak to them, God, but they, they want to speak to you, God. And like the people in Israel where they say they want to speak to Moses instead of speaking to you, God. I pray, God, that that is not the case tonight, Lord. I pray that they may come to the mountain and say, I want to go to the mountain and hear your word, O oh God. I pray for that, Jesus, and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we are continuing. Hi. <laughs> I hadn't seen you. I hadn't seen Pastor Jay. I'm like, why is Pastor Jay? <laughs> um, we are continuing with uh, in Acts. And if you guys have been coming to uh, Wednesday service, it's been great. Has it been great? Yeah. The Holy Spirit is definitely moving. And so today we are going through Acts 12, 20 uh, to 25. And so I'm going to read the AMP because it kind of breaks it down in a better way. Now, Herod Agippa was extremely angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. And their, dele- and their delegates came to him in a united group. And after persu- persuading blasters, the king Chamberlain, to support their cause, they asked for peace because their country was fed up, imports of grain and other goods from the king country. On an appointment day, Herod dressed himself in royal robes and sat in the throne, Tribor Rostam, and began delivering a speech to the people. The assembled people kept shouting, It is the voice of God and not man. So basically what they are saying is they are saying that King Herod is God. It's what they are hearing, they are not hearing the word of, they are not hearing a man speak, but they are, they are esteeming him to be, to be God, to be in the same level as God. And, um, and at once, an angel of the Lord stuck him down because he did not give God the glory, but instead permitted himself to be worshipped. Can you guys say permitted? <laughs> so, he's permitting He's, he's not, he's not telling these people, praise me or worship me. He didn't say that at all. But the way he reacts, the things that he do are permitting him to be worshipped. Cause it's easy for me to tell you, hey, don't worship me, but then I position myself in a place where whatever you do and whatever I'm pointing to, I'm just showing you how amazing and great I am. Even though I'm trying to show you that, uh, 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 don't praise me, don't worship me, but look at how I carry myself. I need you to admire what this is. And that's what King Herod is doing right there. He's saying he permitted them to worship. 
Think about that. And instead, of, and, uh, and instead permitted himself to be worshipped. And he was eaten by worms and died five days later. I was reading, here, um, I was reading part of the research and saying that when the worm ate him, their tongues swelled and fell upon their navels, and the worm came out of their tongues and went their na- and into their navels, and out of their navels they went into their tongues. So that shows you how bad that was, where you try to raise yourself above God. And it's 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 easy for us to say that I'm never gonna be like him. Yes, it's not. It's easy because we can say, "Don't praise me." But then our actions, our thoughts, our everything—what is that telling us? He didn't stand there and say, "Hey, look, look at how great I am." Worship. Yes, he dressed. He dressed in a way that asked them to worship him, but he himself didn't ask them. So as we go through this, I want you to think: What areas of your life does God need to humble you? So then that way. We don't get to that point where we are like him, where we get eaten by worms for five days. Doesn't sound like fun, right? So the moral, the moral lesson of today, <laughs> don't call yourself God, otherwise you die very, very painfully. And in closing, <laughs> right? <laughs> But in order for us to really, really understand what, what, what's happening here, we have to look at the, the root cause and not just the symptoms. Because yeah. it's so easy for us to say, well, I, I'm, cause when I, literally when I was looking at through this and I'm praying to God and I'm asking him, God, what do I speak about? It's easy for you, for me to tell you, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't, 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 you know, don't raise yourself above that. Don't, uh, don't exhort yourself. Don't think about yourself and beat you guys down and show you how God will destroy you if you try to do that. But those are just symptoms of a heart condition. Right? Those are just symptoms of a heart condition because him wearing all the, all the, all the stuff that he wore and going out there to be praised, that wasn't, he didn't wake up, you know, when he started being a king and decided, I'm gonna go there and just be worshipped and be a god. It started out small, it started slowly because it was a heart condition. And so if we don't look at the heart condition, there's not, there, there's gonna come a time where we'll be standing in our own place or we are doing our own thing and we'll figure out that people are actually adoring us and worshipping us instead of worshipping God. There'll come a time when we are looking at the stuff that we have, there'll come a time when we are looking at the people around us and we'll be like, hey, you know, man, I'm great. And then God is gonna be on the side. And then you're gonna die. Painfully, right? So, as I, as I looked at the verse, I, um, I felt like God was leading me to talk about somebody who had a heart that loved God so much that the, the heart condition was so good that even when people tried to praise him, he all brought that praise back to God. And we're gonna talk about David, uh, we're gonna talk about David. So in 2 Samuel 6, 12, 15, now it was told, it was told King David saying, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed, Odem, and all the, the, and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought out the ark of God from the house of, uh, Edom to the city of David with gladness. So as it was, when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, he would sacrifice oxen and fat and sheep. 
then David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing a, a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of triumph. So in this verse, we are seeing that the Pharisees had taken the ark. And so now they are getting it back. And David, who's a king, who's armored, because he's, he's a warrior, right? The guy that killed Goliath, right? He's a warrior. He has the armor. But he gets to a point where he realizes that God has done so much for him that he takes that out and he danced without worrying about anybody in there. Think about it. It would have been very, very easy for people to say, Hail David, because you, you, in your reign, the ark came back. Yeah. Right? He would have said, I did this. I, I, you know, they, they brought it because of me. Right? But David was like, no, I'm going to dance to God. I'm going to take out everything. It doesn't matter what's restricting me. I'm just going to dance for God because I'm going to give him glory. So when you look at King Herod and you look at David, King Herod want to be worshipped because of the control that he has over these people because what was happening is he was going to cut the trade, the, the route for trade for these two cities. So they are coming and begging him, hey, can you just, let's, let's worship you so then that way we can be able to continue with the trade and stuff. And also too, they say that he was going to attack them at some point if he ever felt like it. So when you look at him, he wants to be worshipped. He wants to be worshipped. But David on the other side, it doesn't matter what the people say, at the end of the day, he's putting that worship back to God. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know about you, but I pray that God would humble me before I get to that point. Yeah. I pray that God would humble me before that point. And, and it's interesting because we do get humbled, right? Yeah. <laughs> don't hold this against me. <laughs> so, um, the title for today is, um, what's the title for today? I was just checking. Dance in your effort. I preached the part of this message on my second time that I preached ever. So this is what happened. So the first time I, you know, I had a chance to preach, I sought God, I prayed, I fasted, it was amazing. I prayed and then I stood up and the message was great. I, I didn't have nothing to do with it. God was amazing. Right, so the second time came over, and I was like, "Man, I slayed the dragon." The next one, God, <laughs> you're gonna do the same thing you did. I did my part; I wrote it, but I didn't see God because He's already done it. I felt that because I had already preached, then the same thing was gonna happen. So what happened was, so first of all. <laughs> So, so two things happened, right? The first one was, I came up here and after five minutes of speaking, I prayed that the floor would open and I would just be swallowed. <laughs> no kidding. I was like, at like five points down the road and I was like, I think what we're going to do is um, we're going to just stop and we're going to worship and then we're just going to go home. Because it was so bad. I could not, I could not comprehend. My mind was shut. There was nothing in me at all that I could speak. And I remember Pastor Matt was sitting over here and I could look at his face and I was like, bro. <laughs> and then Pastor Jim was encouraging me like, you got this. But I could see he's like, man, I don't know where you're going with that. 
Right? But I'll tell you what. I praise God because He humbled me at that point. And ever since, when I sit down and read or I do my Bible study or I try to get my service, I, when I try to get the message on, there is never a time that I sit down and I look at it and I say, it's good. I look at it and I'm like, Lord, I've done my part. What do I need to do in order for you to be able to be exalted? Because the last thing I, the last thing I want is to stand up here and preach a message and yes, you come and say, yes, message was good. But I pray that when you say the message was good, I'm, I'm praying that you're saying that you saw God, you felt God, that the message was so clear that God spoke to you, but it was because Kevin stood up and talked. And God is so good because if you look at the 600 plus summons that we have, so as I walked out and I was like, that day I was so beat up, Todd was like, bro, I'm so sorry, for some reason, your message did not record. And I was like, yes! <laughs> I was like, there's a God! <laughs> I literally, even after, because I was praying and I felt God was telling me to preach part of this message, I actually went on the website and I checked to see if the title was there. There's no record. <laughs> but see, that's God though. Because at the same time, I know maybe that being on there, I would have listened to it and probably what it would have done for me as a young preacher would not have been good. But going back to the point, we have to make sure that everything we do, that we give God the praise. That it goes back to praise. See, David did not care what people thought. All he wanted was to give God the glory he deserved. And, And you think about it, David... Went to the, I mean, um, to beg that, uh, why did, uh, why did David would go to the extent of dancing, knowing that his position requested otherwise? Remember what I said. David was a warrior. He asked people to do stuff, they did. The kings, if they ask you to do something you don't do, they kill you, right? So you'd have had other people come and dance. You'd have other, other people, maybe there were even other better dancers than he was. But he didn't care about that. He didn't care about that. And that, has, that begs the question, when we come before God, when we stand up here and we are worshiping God, when we are singing here, what are you thinking? Are you thinking that I'm just, it's just another song? It's just another new song? It's just another old song? I've sung this song before? Are you thinking about the things you've been doing today? Or are you realizing that Just like David was realizing where the ark came from. Are you realizing that what God has done for you to this point, where you're able to stand up on your two feet, be able to raise your hands and worship God? Are you realizing how much that means to God? Well, you've been asking God to take care of you all day. And you're here in front of Him and He's saying, if only you've been asking me all day, how about giving me a little bit of praise? See, David had already sacrificed many oxen and sheep, but that wasn't enough. He chose to dance. He chose to dance. He chose to sacrifice. He chose to have a, 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 a sacrifice of praise that came deep inside and was seen as an expression of what was in his heart. The dancing wasn't so he can show other people that he was dancing. No. It was an expression of his heart. Of the love that he had for Christ. I wonder if we looked at your heart today. What kind of expression do we have in there? What kind of heart condition do we have when we worship God? 
Proverbs 21 2 says, every way, of, every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. See, God looks deep in our hearts and knows those things that you and I are doing. Those things that are of his glory. But he also sees those things that we want to be of his glory. Get that? He wants those things that are of his glory. The ones that he said that this is what, you know, you glorify God for. But also there are those things that we, when we come to God, we are trying to tell him, God, I know this doesn't fit very well, but I want us to glorify it. I want to include it in the worship of God. Lord, I, like King Herod, I, I have this armor that I'm wearing and it's shiny. And when the sun, which God has provided, shines on it, I want people to worship me. The sun that God created. But he wants to put an armor. So what are those things in our lives that we are looking at and saying, Man, God, I want you to include this in the worship. What are those things that we are checking So what moved David to the point of almost undressing? Making sure that he's not holding back and, and, and giving God, God glory. In order for us to understand David, we have to examine the life, the life he lived. Cause every moment, cause even though he was energetic, I believe, like I said, there's, there's many people who would have danced better than he did. But for you to really, really understand, you have to look at what David was looking and what he was thinking. When you look at the life of David, and it's interesting because uh, we've been going through uh, we've been going through the book on Sunday about David and Saul, so we kind of touch on some of this. If you've been coming to church on Sunday, right, um, and listening, right, yeah. not falling asleep, right? You see that David was from the house of Jesse. Seven, he was one of the he was the youngest out of seven, and his job was a shepherd, which is usually reserved for the least of the people. See, the Bible doesn't, doesn't say much about, um, the time he got assigned to, to his job. But my initial feeling was, when he was told that he's gonna go do ship stuff, he really wasn't like, yay, I got an amazing job. <laughs> right? No. He, he, this was the least, the least of the jobs that you can do. You smell with it, you smell like a ship, sometimes you, the ship will be out there, you can come home, so you sleep next to a ship. You smell. But it was at this moment when he was alone that he played the music and he got to know God. He got to spend time with God. He gets to know him in an intimate relationship. And I know that when David is dancing because the ark of God has come back, He's not just dancing because of the ark of, because the ark has come back. He's, he's, he's dancing because he knows what the ark represents. He's dancing because he sees Jesus. He sees God. He sees God coming and saying, being in the presence of the Israelites. And he know how he felt when he was in the wilderness. See, when you think about David as a, a young person, as a shepherd, nobody cared about him. And the world kind of does that for us too. That's why we have Instagram and Facebook and stuff because we want to make ourselves relevant, right? There's not a difference. Sometimes we are the same. We are in the valley with the goats and the sheep and you're like, over here, look at this thing. And then there's other people in the palace doing all these other amazing things. But the beautiful thing is it's at that moment when he stopped looking at his circumstances 
And he started looking at God. And then he had a new identity. And he knew who he was. And so when he's worshipping God, he's just he's not just worshipping because the ark came back. He's worshipping because he remembers his identity in Christ. And that's what I'm asking you today. As you worship, as you come before God, as you pray to God and as, as the songs are sung, are you worshipping because you know your identity? Are you worshipping realizing where God has gotten you from to where he's taken you? Or is it just another moment that we come before God? See, the problem, the, the, the scary part nowadays is we are quick to adapt these labels that people give us. We are so quick to adapt what the world is telling us. Instead of looking up to God and asking Him, God, who am I? Who did you create me to be? See, our creator, our potter says, sons, daughter, I made you in my own image. So just so you know, I reserve the right to tell you who you are. And in case you forgot, I wrote it down for you. Right? He reserves the right to tell you who who he is. And on top of that, he added the Holy Spirit too. So then in case, you know, you don't want to read your Bible and... No, you need to read your Bible. Just so then, the, so then you can know and the Holy Spirit can continue to affirm those things in you of who God have called you to be. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, though, uh, though of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me. And when you search me with all your heart. So think about it. Verse 12. Leave it up there. Um, it says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me. See? It's never about us. It's never about us. But that's what the enemy is doing. He's trying to show you it's all about us. Because the minute we start focusing on ourselves, we are not going to call upon him. We are not going to pray to him. We are not going to listen, and he's not going to listen to us because we are not calling him. We have to seek God, and we will find me, him, when we seek him with all the heart. The Bible says, seek God like a vital necessity. And I've given this example. Think about your, like oxygen is a vital necessity. If somebody took a bag and put it over your head, how hard would you fight to get that bag off your head? Seek, those seek God like a vital necessity will find Him. Amen. Think about the moment that David was in a wilderness, nothing around him, just sheep and many dangers. He only had his music instrument, and it was this point, his this low point in his life, that he chose to make the best of his situation. David had many hours of alone time with God. He practiced playing the harp, which. He was one of the uh, he was one of the talent that gave him favor with King Saul. Not only did David have ample time to practice his music, but the Bible says that when he was attacked by the lions, when he was attacked by the bear, God would give him the strength to beat those guys up. Yes. It was those moments, those low points in his life, where he learned how to be a warrior. To a point where down the road he's able to kill Goliath. 
But the thing is, nowadays with the life that we live and the busy, busy life and everything, we have no moment when, when there is that low moment in our life, whether it's something good or bad, we are so quick to move out of it so we can go to the next thing. But it's in those moments, those stillness, that quietness, that be still and know that I'm God. It's those moments that we can truly, truly get to see God do amazing things in us. And maybe it might not be a microwave instant thing, but down the road a couple of months later or a year later or two years later or maybe ten years later, God will use the same thing to bring something big and bad down so then everybody else can experience God. So let us treasure those moments. Let us treasure those moments when we can be still before God. Put your phones away. You're schedule, you're scheduling everything else, but you're not scheduling God time. If I looked at your calendar right now, would there be a God time or is it schedule after schedule after schedule after schedule after schedule? First Samuel 17, 34, 35. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when the lion, the bear, came to t- and took the lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and stuck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by the beard and I stuck it and killed it. I don't want you to miss this. It says, when the bear took the lamb, God allowed this to happen. God allowed this to happen. Because the thing is, in that moment, he is being trained to be a warrior. But he, because he has a relationship with God, a deep, deep, deep relationship with God, he knows that nothing comes against him who prevail. And he doesn't walk in his own power, but he walks in the power of Christ. We, our natural reaction, you see a lion or a, or a, or a, or a bear, is to run. But young kid decides that he's not going to run. That is not his power. I don't care what you say. He was not Samson, right? That is not his power. That was God's power. And the only way he can realize that it was God's power is because he spent time over and over and over with God. And he knew that when God says something, that he never goes back on his word. He says when we are weak, that he is strong. Do you believe that today? See, the Bible says that the same power that raised Christ from the dead resides in you. This evening I'm asking you, are you tapping and believing in that power? Or are you seeing the lions and running away? Or are you saying that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me? And I can overcome. Or are we running the very first time that we hear something roar or coming our way? We have to spend time with God so we can realize who he said we are. And we have to take him for his word. But you can't take him for his word if you do not know him. Right? It's through your victory that hope will be created. A new strength will be realized that when you face a bigger, bigger nine-foot giant holding a spear, you'll be able to proclaim, you come to me with a sword, with a spear and a javelin. 
But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies of Israel, whom you defied. See, some of you need to say, you come to me with my past. You come to me with my struggles. You come to me with my fears. You come to me with my shortcomings. You come to me with weaknesses. But I come to you in the name of Jesus who paid it all for me. We need to declare what God has said in us. See, David is not dancing because of the physical presence of the ark. He's dancing because he knows that the ark represents the presence of God. See, the battles, the Bible says that the battle is not ours. It's not. When you realize the power of Christ, then he'll be able to move in you in a mighty way. I don't like the clock. (laughs) So tonight I'm asking you, so when you think about David, and I encourage you, I have uh, encouraged you, we always put in the summons and everything online. I'm not going to be able to get over, to get past uh, a lot of it through, but God does what he needs to do. Go on online and look at the notes that will be up and you will see the stuff that we kind of skipped a little bit because God takes things in. We have to be open to not be stuck with the notes. We have to allow God to do what he needs to do. So, um, so when, you, when I talked about David took out his armor, right? He took his armor so then he can be able to dance for God. You can say that he lost weight, right? That he was calling, right? See, God is requiring you to lose, to lose those things that are holding you back from worshiping him. He's requiring you to get to a point that that which you think protects you. And there's nothing wrong with an armor. But there is a problem when you take the things that you've already put around yourself to protect you, that they stop you from worshiping God. See, sometimes we, we create all these amazing things. And get me, I just said they are amazing things. We create them. But a problem comes in when we can allow God to go through and reach our hearts. When we cannot allow ourselves to get rid of all those things that when we are coming before God, we are coming with a meekness like God, I come, I come before you and kneel before you, not with all this stuff that I'm carrying, but I'm coming as a little child that you love and care about me. We need to lose the weight just like David did. See, David knew there was no way to dance and give God the glory with the weight of the king's clothes. Something had to go no matter how important they seemed. They just had to go. See, we carry these things that are shiny that represent who we are on the outside. But unless we are willing to shed some of this weight, they will become a barrier that stops us and limits us from fully realizing what God has in store for us. See, I understand that our intentions are most of the time are pure, right? When we are getting these things. But these structures can easily become shackles. These structures can easily stop us from praising God can easily stop us from dancing for God, can easily stop us from being who God has called us to be. We have to live our lives like like another testament. A testimony is going to be written. Because you think about it, this part of the Bible, they actually talk about, dan- they talk about David dancing. If I was writing the Bible, I'd be like, he danced, and I'm not going to go into details of how he undressed himself, Right? 
Right? Because he's a king, we have to honor him. Right? But when they wrote the Bible, they wanted to make a point. The Holy Spirit wanted to make a point. That it doesn't matter what your image looks like. It doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you're wearing, because probably there are people who are wearing things that could have sounded very well when they, when he, when they were dancing. Yeah. Maybe they had the... Right? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. What it matters is that openness. God wants us to have that openness. He wants that heart to be open. That when, he can't be, when we come before Him, He knows, because He already knows. We tell that to our daughters every time, like... Pray to God because you already know. Don't limit what you're praying to God. Tell Him exactly what you, what you're thinking. He already know. He's just checking to see if you really trust Him that, that He understands that. See, we have to live for an audience of one. Because no matter what we do, there will be always somebody who thinks otherwise. No matter what you do, no matter how much you try to show people that you're doing right, there'll be somebody who's going to come against you. Yeah. And this is seen, even David, as he came back, and his wife, uh, Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of the servants, as one of, as one of the best followers, shameless, uncovering himself. But I love what David re- responded. So David said to Macau, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his household to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord and I'll be even more undignified than this and will be humbled in my own sight. But as, so, as for the maid servants of whom I have spoken, by them I will be, on, I will be held in honor. Yeah. He's saying, I do not care what people say. I do not care what people think about me when I say I'm a Christian and I love Christ. I do not care about what they say when I'm kneeling, when when we are singing and I'm kneeling down and I'm raising my hands up. And if you come to me and try to tell me something different, David is saying, I'll even be more undignified. That is somebody who's saying that my worship is not about people. I do not care what people think. I don't care how they see me. Because at the end, it's me and God. It's me and God. I don't care what happens, it's just me and God. And that's why God loves David's heart. Because he sees that. I wonder how your worship looks today. Oh. Let's bring all these all together. And I said, go back, check on the notes. There's a lot of amazing verses and stuff in there. Verse 21, 20, verse, uh, Acts 12, 21. Sorry, slight guy. I know I'm driving you nuts. <laughs> Acts 12, 21, 22. On an appointed day, Herod dressed himself in the royal robe, sat on his throne, and began delivering the speech to his people. The assembly of the people kept shouting, It is the voice of God, not man. Herod did not ask people to praise him at all. He positioned himself in a place that he was worshipped. David never positioned himself in a place to be worshipped. 
he had already set in his mind and his heart that he was gonna worship God. No matter, no amount of accomplishment would have been enough to change his direction. Not, nothing would have changed David's thoughts because he had already set his mind upon the Lord. It doesn't matter what would have come his way. He was, he had already declared that he was gonna worship God. I wonder what's in our life that is stopping us. Yes, we might be holding on to a, to a little bit. But what if this came to us and we got enticed with it? What if that came to us and we got enticed with it? Would we still be worshiping God? Or would we take that armor and make ourselves look good? That when the sun comes and points at us, then we can be exalted. See, we have to be very careful of what people say about us and how we receive it. And I'm not saying don't take a compliment. I'm not saying don't take when somebody tells you something good. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that check your heart condition. Because he didn't tell them, worship me, call me a God. Say my voice is of God. He just permitted it. He just permitted it. What are we permitting in our lives today? Who are we permitting in our lives today? What are we permitting to speak into our lives? See, our hearts can deceive us and we can easily turn into a herald in just a moment. But if we take the David's approach to truly worship God and remember where we came from, what God has done in us, then we'll never turn worship away from God. We will never turn worship away from God. Worship is not about us. It's for God. It's never about us. It's not about your tone. It's not about how you dance. It's for God. And if we get that, then we are never going to be like Herod. So we're going to sing one more song. Um, give you an opportunity to worship. Um, let's all stand up. And as team get ready, my, my altar call for you today is to just come in the presence of God today. When, when we start singing, just come to the presence of God and tell God, what are those shackles that are put in my life? What are, what are those armors that I have in me that I need to break off so then God, you can speak to me? What are those people or those things that I've been hearing in my life today that are praising me instead of praising God? That's, that's my altar for you, my altar call for you today. Come up, pray to God, kneel before God and ask Him, Lord, search my heart and reveal those things in me. Search my heart, Lord, and reveal those things in me. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, we honor you, God. I thank you for your word today, God, because you are showing us, God, that we were created for worship, God. And Father, if we do not worship you, Father, we're going to end up worshiping ourselves. There is no other way, Lord. We are either worshiping ourselves and the things we've created, God, or we are worshiping you, King of glory, God. And tonight, Father, we are asking you to search our heart, every person here, God, and, and take away those things, God, that are drawing us away from you, God. Those things that are drawing us away from worshiping you, King of glory. We are asking you that you may come and break us down, O King of glory, God, and rebuild us of how you've already created us, God, to worship you, King of glory, God. 
I pray, Father, as we sing this last song, God, that Father, our, the, your people, God, will open their hearts, O King of Glory, God. That they will take out their armors, God. Those things that they have put to protect them, O King of Glory, God. Those things that are stopping them to come to you, Jesus. I pray, God, that they will all shed down, O God. And you'll be praised tonight, O God. That Jehovah God, Father, you will reach their hearts, O King of Glory, Father. Because Jehovah God, I know, Lord, that you are seeking and you are coming, you are calling your people, O King of Glory, God. So I pray, mighty King of Glory, Lord, that you will go and touch your people if they are willing to shed their armors down today, Lord. Father, I praise you for who you are, Lord.